Welcome to Casting Nets. I am one of your hosts, Pastor Dave Rudot. I am joined together by another Dave, Dave Endorf from Brooklyn Lutheran Church in Brooklyn. Is it Brooklyn, Minnesota? Brooklyn Park, Minnesota. Brooklyn Park, Minnesota. He's our, our new co-host here. Um, and also Will Harley, the old standby, the originator. The, yeah. uh, I'm the fallback guy. The fallback guy. <laughs> We don't know what to say. Give it to Will. Don't Give it something. to Will. Give it to Will. Trigger <laughs> warning. He doesn't. Need, he doesn't need notes. He just needs a microphone, and boom, there he goes. Here's and, your trigger warning. <laughs> yeah, after Harley's on. <laughs> our our topic for today is family devotions. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, myths of family devotions and uh, strategies on how to start up family devotions and practical tips on keeping. Christ in your family life, whether that be formal or informal family devotions. So here we are for your questions. And if we're going to say something, we're get tri- if you're going to get triggered, usually it's because uh, we've said something where perhaps we haven't thought it all the way through, or perhaps we have thought it all the way through, and uh, we're giving you an opportunity to turn us off and watch something else or listen to something else. Or if you like what we have to hear, what we have to say, uh, please give us a nice review. Uh, just for the algorithm's sake, not for me, because my head will explode if it gets any bigger. Um, but uh, g- give us a good review so that the algorithms can help reach out to more people. You can also uh, inc- continue the conversation on castingnetspod at gmail.com, our email, or on a YouTube, or on Facebook. Or in person. Or in person, yeah. At Brooklyn Lutheran Church. Person part. We do actually talk to people in person. We do, we do. Sometimes. You can talk to us in person, person at Brooklyn Lutheran Church in Brooklyn Heights, Minnesota, or it's, that's where Pastor Dave Brooklyn Endorf, Park. Brooklyn Park. Did I say Brooklyn Heights? Park. Yeah, it was, did. that's like New York, isn't it? It is. Um, or you can talk to Will Harley. Um, please talk to Will Harley at St. John and Maribel. <laughs> he needs people to talk to. And or you can uh, go to Emmanuel and Shirley and talk to me. And in person, we're, we're you we're every Sunday. We are there. Yeah. In those locations. Yeah. There you go. I think let's get some music and let's let's jump on into this this topic. You know, before we uh, start this topic, you have to hand it to short people. Because they can't reach it for themselves. <laughs> you, you know they're they're not making twelve inch rulers any longer. <laughs> yeah, they aren't. <clears throat> Where is Will? Will you can do the flashy buttons too. Now that we're doing this, I could virtually. I could. <clears throat> Will used one of my uh, dad jokes last on uh, beyond the sermon on Tuesday, so that was nice. Did I? Yeah. In the Can't beginning. Oh, yeah. yeah. In the beginning. Yeah, that was mine. Yeah. Well, it's not mine, but it's one I used last week, Thursday. We'll give credit to you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so they could take you out. <laughs> <laughs> so today, All right, we're supposed to be talking about something, aren't we? Yeah, we I mean, are we supposed to be talking about minutes, We spent 22 minutes on a pre-show dealing with the post-show of last, <laughs> of last uh, Beyond the Sermon. Now we're, we're at what? 26 minutes, and we haven't even talked about a devotion. 
Yeah. First of all, we're talking about uh, myths of family mm-hmm. devotions. Like, uh, what are what's keeping people from doing a family devotion? And uh, so, uh, what do you guys feel is what keeps God's people from doing family devotions? Or maybe share with yourself, like, what keeps you from uh, doing a family devotion? What struggles do you deal with in doing that? Pastor Endorf, do you want to be the first one to start off, or do you want me to just throw out my initial comment? Oh, go right ahead. Yeah, my initial comment is that um, out of everything in the world that can become a habit, um, reading your Bible is not one of them. <clears throat> um, you know, they say take do things twenty eight days in a row, and then it becomes habit. And and um, you will come. You can open up your Bible twenty eight days in a row and read uh, a verse, and then on the twenty ninth day you'll sleep in. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so. It's, uh, I, I think one of the myths about Bible devotions and one of the myths, the, the, a, a huge myth is the fact that, um, devotion time, and I think the Lord makes this intentional devotion time is not something that is, is habit forming. Um, it has to be intentional, um, that we gather around the Lord and we, we listen to his words, um, that, that it is something that doesn't become rote and, and just is something that we do, but it is something that, that we have to think about and, and then, uh, by the Lord's strength, open it up and, and start diving into it because so easily we can, we can go without it. It is a spiritual warfare, isn't it? You have a sinful nature that every day, um, you're it's fighting against what you, what you, what your new person inside of you wants to do. Absolutely. So that was my, that, that's kind of my first myth type of thing that I would say. I think, uh, um, <clears throat> I guess another myth that I had when I, when you sent out the page and I was kind of just going through my head, one of the other myths is that um, uh, we think that it's going to fix something like immediately. You, like uh, we get the idea, well, I'm having, I'm having struggles in my life. I'm having, um, um, I'm having some issues with my family. I'm having issues in my marriage, whatever the case may be. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to try this devotion thing that pastor suggests. And, and then we do it for a day or we do it for a couple of days. And we're like, well, why didn't it fix anything? Um, we, we, we kind of think that it, it, it's this magic pill that it should have, you know, within four hours or within 15 minutes, you know, it should have fixed my problem and it didn't fix my problem. Um, Yeah, we approach devotions like we approach going to Planet Fitness. Like after the first visit, we're, we'd have these huge biceps and uh, six-pack abs. Right. And instead, you just have sore arms. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, oh, a <laughs> and a stomach And a stomach Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, to me, that's just where, I, again, I, I, those are some of the bigger myths that I, I guess I struggle with, even in my own life. Um, just the one that it's not, it's not habit. It never is a habit. And then, um, the second is that, is, is that it doesn't, you, the immediate fix isn't always there. So I don't know. What did you guys have for Dave. some of your, your myths, expectations? Dave? Yeah, I guess I got a, a couple. Um, one, <clears throat> and for me personally, I tend to be too, um, like logical about what I want out of scripture. Like I always want to be learning something new and, you know, you forget that God promises to work through 
his word and that you pull out of scripture treasures old and new. And so he, he builds up your faith, even if you don't necessarily learn something new out of it, that, you know, the word is performative, that it works. Um, and so we want to certainly, you know, keep in mind that it's uh, it, it does work cognitively. It works through your senses and, and understanding, but it also works through the power of the Holy Spirit. Um, and then one other thing is, you know, my wife and I are, are different people. And so finding something that works for both of us to be on the same page with devotions has been, you know, kind of a struggle. You know, what she appreciates is different from what I appreciate. I'm with you on that one, Dave. Uh, sometimes we we go through a devotional book together, and she's like, "I'm not getting anything," and I'm and I'm like, "Hey, this is really I really like this." And other times it's the other way as well. Somewhere trying to find somewhere in the middle. Um, yeah, uh, I have my miss that I listed in there was our expectations, which we kind of talked about too, where we expected results too soon. Um, maybe another myth of family devotions is that it takes too much time. I don't have the time to do it. It, it. Like, this has to be like, I have to devote like a half an hour or 15 minutes where family devotions, where you're getting together with your kids doesn't have to be a long thing. It's, it might seem like a long thing because it's a spiritual warfare, like uh, Will was saying. Um, and, uh, but it is, it doesn't have to be a long thing. It's just, a, that's just an excuse that we use uh, that our sinful nature uses to say, well, it's, you know, I don't have the time. Um, but we have the time to check our phones. We have time to uh, see what the weather is like for the day. And, and that amount of time, you can just spend some time. Like, I think maybe perhaps that's a part of that where you have to, like, dive deep into something where, as Dave was saying, sometimes family devotions is just um, going over the field you've already plowed and just rem reminding of yourself of these truths. This is what God's Word has for me, and this is this is still true today as it was when I first learned it. Well, I think that, that leads us. <clears throat> I think that does lead in a natural progression to some of the ways and some of the strategies that we could use. Um, and and I, you know, I'm probably the least qualified person, uh, and I'll be honest, the least qualified person to be talking about family devotions. Um, <clears throat> not because I don't feel that they're important, but because um, I kind of follow the same practice that my parents. I should say my mom, my dad never did devotions, but the same practice that my mom had, which is um, when I was young, I woke up early one morning without having to be woken up by my parents. And I walked out and my mom was drinking a cup of tea and reading her Bible. And, and that has always stuck with me. That's devotion. She, she, you know, she does that every morning and I do that every morning myself. Um, and my wife, she reads hers every night. She opens up the Bible before she goes to bed and, and she's reading through the entirety of the Bible on her own. My son, he, before he goes to bed, he reads this Bible on his own and we got him a, a self-study Bible, the Lutheran self-study Bible. And, and he goes through that and he, he just is reading yet. He follows the plan that's, that's built into there. And my daughters, um, you know, they take a verse and they read that on their own. And, and actually my son, he gives them a verse and says, okay, you guys are going to read this. And then they go into their room and they read that before night. And then we have prayer together before they go to bed and that's it. 
Um, so I'm like the least qualified person to be talking about joint family devotions. <laughs> and I think, yeah, I think the, the, um, the, probably this is a myth. Like this, there has to be like this lively activity. Like it's not a real family devotion until that, like the conversations are deep and, 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 uh, thoughtful where, um, and, and that's kind of all in our expectations where we're expecting that this is going to be like Dave was saying, these big, you know, the, the light shining on every moment, like, Oh, we've, we've learned something new today and this has now impacted us forever where, uh, so it, it's kind of, I want to say like lowering your expectations. Like you, you want to be in God's word cause you're laying a, a groundwork, a foundation for conversations that are going to happen informally. And also, um, where like like you we'll just use the target example like you go to target and you have an opportunity to talk to your kids about this because you've 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 laid that groundwork like you have some sort of conversation with your kids about god before that event happens um i and, go and ahead. really that's an exercise of faith that god says he works through his word and i trust him even though it doesn't seem like it sometimes and it doesn't feel like it. And that's one of the conversations, you know, I often have with people. You know, I want to feel closer to God. Well, I get that. <laughs> I want to feel closer to God. And there's times I do, and there's times I don't. Ask Moses. He was really close. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And he was afraid. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I don't know, but you, I'm sorry, Dave, finish your thought. Um, but ultimately, what it comes down to is I trust you know, in God's promise, whether I feel close to him or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Dave yeah, one, so, Dave one, what do you have? Dave one. <laughs> I'm not Dave one. <laughs> I'm the wrong Dave. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Dave, Dave. So Dave, Dave and I were roommates. And so when my now wife would call, she would be looking for Dave and Dave Endorf would say, well, I'm Dave. And how are you doing? How, how can I help you? And she's like, no, you're the wrong Dave. And All so right, that's so I got wrong the, Dave and right Dave. <laughs> wrong Dave. No, uh, no, just Dave. No, I'm not right. Just Dave. <laughs> I uh, am wrong. That doesn't make me right. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, the concept of having, I think, individual devotion is is a good thing. And um, I, with my kids, we have we are all on an app, the Bible app, and we are all reading the two year going through the Bible in two years. And so I, as a father, can see, oh, my kids read this section. And then there's also an opportunity for them to comment. And sometimes there are comments. There are questions that the kids would ask, and then we can answer them together. Or uh, sometimes I lead the way and I say, I really like this about this, uh, this Bible passage. Um, So I I, I do see value in each kid doing it separately. And then also I see value in in having conversations where two or three are gathered, where uh, God's word has had an opportunity to to sink into their minds. So then let's have a conversation back and forth. So when it comes to corporate, corporate, I want to say corporate, but it's not really corporate, but the inside of uh, a family devotion, uh, some strategies that you, that I have found. So you guys can bounce off them. One is just to pick a consistent time. So personal example, in our life, in evenings are not the time because we have kids having activities and there's all kinds of things going on. 
evenings are not the time for the family to bring together. So we do it in the morning before they all go off to school. We do our morning devotion. Now, it's nice that we do it all together, um, but the, the cons of that, of course, is that we have teenagers and they're half awake. But again, what Dave says, the Word of God is living and active. And so sometimes we do have uh, uh, conversations, but it's not all the time. So pick some, some, some sort of consistent time just to hold yourself to the mark, uh, like we were saying, where it's really difficult to keep a habit of being in God's word because every day you have a sinful nature that says, eh, I got something else I'd, I'd rather do. So pick a consistent time uh, just to hold yourself to that mark. Same thing that we would do when we would work out or spend time outside. You got to pick the time and do it and stick with it and, uh, and realize that it's going to be an ongoing battle. Um, involve your kids somehow in uh, children's devotion. So perhaps um, we've done... When COVID hit, or when during um, during Advent, we would have evening devotions during Advent because then we would use the Advent candle, and uh, we would sometimes do it in their kids' bedroom, like all of us together in that bedroom. So it was kind of made that space that they have used for themselves and their own spiritual activity is now the family spiritual activity is there too. So you can uh, have uh, that's one way to involve the kids is to rotate your locations. Um, yeah, I, I I struggle with that just a little bit, <clears throat> and I, I'm not saying that um, that what you're doing is wrong because that's I mean it works for for your family, but you know sometimes I, I you know you read through scripture and 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 the scriptures say you know um, the spiritual guidance and spiritual leading it's supposed to be you know the husband and the father taking the role and and kind of sharing these spiritual truths, and and I wonder, and this is just a comment I haven't fully thought it out, so I apologize if if it's doesn't come out fully formed and I'm not making any statement on it, but do we focus too much on, well, I got to make sure my kids are involved. No, just tell them like, you know, I, when I was a kid, I struggled through this. I'm pretty sure you're going to struggle through this. So here's some good wisdom for you. Um, you know, um, well, I need to have it in a safe space. You're in the house. How much safer can you be? I mean, I remember, I remember my daughter, she was, she, she couldn't get to sleep. She's like, I'm afraid. I'm not, I said, you're up in your bedroom. What are you afraid of? Someone's going to come and get me. Do you know what they have to get through before they even get to you? And she's like, no. And I said, they got to get through the doors. Then they got to get through three dogs. And then they got to get through me. And I have enough armament to supply a small army. And then they would have to get through your mother. <laughs> It's like, if you can get through that, well, then I'd be afraid. <laughs> I, mean, I, see, I see your point about having the father being the head of the household, the spiritual head of the household and leading them in devotions. But it's the, the, the pushback that I would give is that you say you have all those armaments. You say, okay, kids, I, I have all the weapons and I know how to use them. Um, but you're, I'm never going to teach you how to use them. I'm never going to be there and have you use them so that I can... I can show you the best way to use them. So that's that's the the pushback of that's why we're asking for the involvement. Not necessarily that this is some magic key, but that this is just all part of how we as heads of households sure. teach our children. Is we teach not just by showing, but by also uh, letting them try and then giving them feedback. Sure, and and I I'm like I said, and I'm not fully f that my thought isn't necessarily fully formed. Um, but I guess it also goes, I would assume it would probably go with learning style too. You know, do you have a, a do you have a, a child that kind of doesn't listen to anybody, but needs to fail or needs to experience those things before they learn? 
I could definitely see, okay, you're going to lead. Here it is. Here's the materials. Go for it. Um, as opposed to others that are like, no, I, I gain wisdom from hearing other people. See, I'm a person that gains wisdom from hearing other people. I don't necessarily have to participate in it to, to say, okay, I think I can, I can handle that. Mm-hmm. Um, like I can go on a YouTube page and I can, I can watch a YouTube video and I'm like, oh, I get it. I get that concept. And then I can, I can kind of jump in there and do it. Um, so I, I, I understand where you're going with that. I just, I think about it and I'm like, is this, is this, um, involving in the, in the world in which we live where we're like, okay, everybody's got to have a say and everybody's got to have a piece and everybody's got, it's like, why are it, to me, it adds more of a, and this is really bad to say it adds more of a hurdle. If you're struggling already in family devotions, if you're struggling already in, in finding consistent time and doing something that is consistent and, and saying, we're going to at least start something, going with the mindset of, well, let's make our kids comfortable and let's do it in these different locations is already adding another hurdle to an already maybe uncomfortable. I, I didn't mean to say that the children are leading. I'm just saying giving the children opportunities to participate so that it isn't so this is, and, I, and I'm not saying that, oh, we have to do it so that we have to figure out what the kids want and then we'll give them what they want. Because sure. family devotions, what, 80% of it is we're telling them we're going to be studying God's word today and who wants to do that? Even, even if my wife says, hey, let's do a devotion together, uh, we didn't, you know, she's holding me to the mark. We, we normally get together before the kids get up and we do devotions and she holds me to the mark. It, it never, we never want to do, we're, we're never, um, we don't want to pander to our children, I, is what I'm trying sure. to say. But I'm, we do, I do feel we, we want to involve them. If we're going to teach them how to, do, how to pray, then they should, they should practice that in a safe environment. And the same way is true that our church does in a corporate way, where we want to teach you, if you want to, um, d- confirmation is the example, where you share your faith in a very public way, However you do it, whether it's, you know, essays or questions and answers, you're doing this in a safe environment because you're going to be asking to do it in a hostile environment. So have kids practice something in a safe environment to prepare them for the hostile environment of doing it on their own. And I can get that. To to jump in here for a second, um, I don't have kids. So this is not advice. But from a, a teaching perspective, you know, the more kids get a chance to to shape something, to make some decisions, to participate, the more they're going to be excited about it, the more they're going to want to participate. And so then it becomes not just the parents saying, okay, we've got to do this now, but the kids want to do it too. And, and there's a lot of value in that because you know, it can be exhausting when you have to drive something. Like, Okay, everybody get ready because now we got to do it, you know. And instead, you've got the them showing up because okay, today's my day to do it, you know. Even if the kids just have a different job, like you know, you're keeping track of which book we're in, and you get to pick the next book, or you know, just yeah. little things to get them on board with, you know, what you're doing. Right. Um, I, I appreciate that lighting candles during Advent. So we wrote, had kids rotate when they were little. And when they were really little, it was a big deal whose day it was to light the candles or blow out the candles. When they're older now, it doesn't, it didn't, that's not a thing. Um, and so there, it, it, 
I'm sh- I'm not saying it's not a thing. I'm just saying they're not as actively engaged. They're not excited about it. Yeah, like oh, you know, whose day is it? Light candle. Don't don't matter. Just yeah. you do it. So, um, and I do share, Dave. Your when kids are when this has become somewhat of a pattern, there is that emptiness that you feel when you don't do it. So, and I'm not saying that this is the motivation for doing devotions, but it is one of those things where if you get yourself into a pattern, if you don't do it, you, there's something feels off, especially if you're a teenager when your structure is, is something that some teenagers like. Yeah, there was, there was um, um, from Daily Wire, um, Ben Shapiro, um, who is um, Orthodox Jew, but he has been known to say, and, and I've always struggled with this and I don't know how I come down on it, but he has always been wont to say, um, if you just do it, if you just go through the, the steps and, and you, you, you force yourself to go through the steps, to go through the, the procedure, you'll eventually believe it and you'll eventually gain a, an appreciation for it. Yeah. And you'll eventually, and I've always struggled with that because, because that becomes, there's a hollowness in it. And and I'm not saying you're doing that. I, I'm not, that's not what I'm saying at all, but I'm, I'm always been, I'm like there, you know, having this procedure, having this thing always, you know, does that create a hollowness? Um, I, I think we're touching on the point of what are we doing this for? Like if we're doing this for so that we get this feeling that if we don't do it, we're, there's an emptiness, then that's the wrong motivation. If we're doing this because then now we're going to have this habit where we'll feel good because we do it, then we're doing it for the wrong motivation. We're always doing it to feed our faith. I'm just, we're talking about these residual things on the, on the outside right. and to help people as there's, uh, if they haven't started a, a family devotion, some things to think through and, and options that they have. Uh, another option as far as like an orderliness would be have is some sort of liturgy that you would use. You could use the morning devotion from page 152 or the devotions on page 236. It, it has its advantages because you're going through something that kids know what's happening next. So if they're younger kids, so you know, okay, we're going to read this and this and this and that. It has its advantages as a parent because your parent, you have a million things on your mind and it helps you to say things that you should be saying, but you're because you're 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 not focused, you're not in the game. You're sure. reminded uh, to pay to pray for things like for um, uh, peace uh, that we would lead peaceful lives and quiet lives and and those those kinds of things. When when we're in the midst of filling our lives with busyness, we go, wait a minute. We should be uh, praying for us to to be still in our vocations and where we are and, and who we are in Christ. So I, I I do like the liturgy. And again, don't be a slave to the liturgy. Like this is something that you can't change up from time to time. Um, sure. Same thing with Sunday worship is the same way where if we use, we can use the same, we can have that steady diet every Sunday, but it's also good to have variation in it. But just that idea that people know where you're going so that, um, and it I've helps. I've often felt that. Yeah. Yeah, I've often felt I use uh, like uh, Prime um, when I come into work. Uh, the very first thing that I do is I I go through um, the the service of Prime beginning of the the day mm-hmm. of the work day, and I go through that. And it, it's abridged. I like how you're saying, "Don't be tied to it." I mean, I don't. I I am not a singer. I cannot hold a tune in a bucket. Um, <clears throat> so I the parts where it says, "Well, sing a psalm." No, <laughs> <laughs> hard pass. <laughs> hard pass on that. Find the hymn that you love. Yeah, I won't do that either. <laughs> um, but I do. I read a psalm. Yeah, I'll, I'll read a psalm, and and then you know, um, I I use um, 
CPH put out, uh, do I have it? I do. So CPH put out uh, Treasure of Daily Prayer. You know, so I, I use the treasure of daily prayer and I go through the readings, you know, and, and that's something that I do before I, I, I work every day. And then I end with the apostles creed and the Lord's prayer. Um, so there, there is, again, that's my own personal devotion. Um, but I could definitely see a benefit in a family devotion to say, Hey, this is something where, where I'm struggling to get into, right. I'm struggling to get into this with a, with my family. Um, Hey, pastor, can you just print off this page for me? Cause I don't even have a hymnal at home. Maybe you do, but I don't know what page it's on. And my kids don't have a hymnal, so we all can open it. So could you just print off that page for me and um, I can use it. And and I think that's a good approachable way for them to say, okay, here's a book. Um, here's the, here's just your meditation book, right? Your your uh, daily meditations or the meditations from, from the church. Um, link that with an order of service. Um, your kids can respond. So now you've involved your children in responses. Um, maybe that's a way to go. Just yes. to at least be the start. Yeah, especially if, as a dad when you're, you're like, I don't know what how to start these spiritual conversations if you haven't done it formally. Um, sure. A liturgy might be a, a page 152 from the old hymnal or just go to church and, and go to the church office and stick it on a copier machine and make copies for everyone. And there you go. Um, and I would say that when we're talking about motivation, you know, why we do it this way, it, essentially it comes down to good stewardship. You know, um, it, it, this is what we know about how kids function. This is what we know about, uh, you know, what has, what the church has used for hundreds of years, you know, so let's make use of it. You know, let's sure. be good stewards of the gifts that are out there. Yeah, that was one of the things that I think um, I uh, I found most intriguing. Um, I know you were doing a Bible study on on uh, on it in at Shirley, um, the Chosen. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things that I found just so intriguing about that was how often the the people are quoting the Psalms, they're quoting the scriptures to each other to their kids, um, that 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 you know. As they're walking, they're, they're they're quoting. What does this mean? Well, you know that situation. This is what this is tying to. You know there is those, and I think that's maybe another approach. I mean, what we're what? Yeah, that's. I struggle with. You struggle with it. We all kind of struggle with it. Um, you know, the idea. Okay, do I want something more formal? Yeah, that might be great, but maybe something informal too, or or maybe start with informal, and and just say. Let's have these conversations. Yeah, that's a good a good thought. Let's just park that because there's two other things I want to talk about oh, when sure. it comes to uh, about formal um, devotion. Go to your ideas. <laughs> um, <laughs> is the the idea is that like the time if you're like if you're going through a book, uh, the time is yours, not the book. So if you're going through that devotion and you're like saying these aren't these aren't necessarily doing, give yourself forgive yourself and say okay we're, we did this for like a week, this book doesn't work, let's try this book. And not to feel like you've somehow failed that, or that you have to, we have to finish the book because we started. Because as a father or as a parent, you say, well, we finish everything we start around this here in this house, that kind of thing. Um, I've never said that. <laughs> so so anyway. Food. 
I have yeah, finished yeah, finish everywhere. <laughs> That'll finish the project. That's usually what I say. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that that being said, for uh, I'll just just to piggyback on that for a second. You know, we, we we teach the kids to memorize that all scripture is God breathed and is useful, and and that's good. But it is not necessarily useful for everybody in every situation. And so there are times when it is perfectly okay to skip over, um, you know, lists of names, you know, and your personal devotions would be one of those. You can learn a lot from lists of names, but that may not be what you need from your personal devotions. Mm -hmm. You know, there, I love the old Testament regulations, but that may not be, and probably should not be, what you're having with your personal, your family devotions with your six-year-old. You know, don't talk for about your sacrifice. teenager. What's that? Not for your teenager. <laughs> for your teenager, yes. <laughs> Who's you know, been out late so the night before? We're going to go through the book of Numbers, through. and you're going to like it. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> you know, and so don't feel guilty if you are, yeah. you know, using you know, your, your personal wisdom and, and mature Christian insight to say, you know, this is what my family needs. Right. Yeah. Right. I do have some books that I pulled from a bookshelf, but it wasn't this one. That's a virtual bookshelf. Um, but as far as like, if you have young kids, you have, uh, uh, I like the Bible story books. If you have pictures, like one picture, this one is called the story Bible. Yeah. I'll put myself in the, Story Bible, I think there's one, 150 Bible stories, MPH puts it out. So, like, if you'd have a, a story with a picture for a young kid so that they can look at that picture. Um, when my kids were young, so this is just anecdotal, so don't, don't treat this as gospel truth, but we used this old Bible story book because it had a picture for every, every story had a picture that we could show the kids as, they're, as we're going through the story. So that's uh, ones we've done. We... So that was one approach where we read the Bible story. Then we, we didn't have any questions. We just talked about uh, the Bible story or just sometimes just read that Bible story. Uh, other ones that we've done, now this one we used is Did You Know Devotions, which was uh, six, 365 days of trivia, memory verses, and fun, devotion, fun devotions. Not really fun, but they, they claim it's fun. Um, but it would oftentimes have some sort of uh, weird fact. And my kids who liked weird facts... It helped them to transition from the weird fact to God's word. It, not necessarily always uh, very uh, deep, but it, it was a connection that would bring God's word into scientific stuff. We, uh, for the time, we used this one, which was called uh, At Home with Jesus uh, Devotions for Children. Um, and. For the confirmation kids, I use, there's a ton of confirmation devotions out there, which are yeah. awesome. And you can get them from NPH or CPH. Um, just looking at my shelf, I mean, there's what, uh, devotions on a small catechism, Why Am I Joyful, which is a study of that, uh, Luther's Small Catechism, a manual for discipleship, getting to know Jesus um, through the catechism, the, this faith is mine. Those are all devotions purely just on the catechism. So if you have a confirmation student, who is going through confirmation. I mean, that's a great way to, to jump in and say, Hey, we're going to piggyback off of this. Um, 
and, and bring that into our devotions too. So can you show those books? Can you pull them yeah, off your real well, bookshelf? Me on the, I'm going to have to go off camera to grab them, but I can. Okay. And then NPH is reprinting for such a time as this, ah. which are classic meditations. If you know somebody who is who is struggling, who is going through a hard time, that is a fantastic set to give to somebody. So um, let me see. I'll put it up here. This is uh, Devotions on the Small Catechism right there. And then there's... Uh, why am I joyful? Uh, uh, joyful Lutheran study now, of the Catechism. So, are those uh, individual lessons, or are so those uh, like the uh, this? This one is um, the uh, Why am I joyful Lutheran? It's instruction, meditation, and prayers on Luther's Small Catechism, and it's uh, oh thirty. It says thirty-five different sections. And it just goes through a little bit, like uh, two sections a day, where or, or um, I would probably say I would do one section each day. So each chapter would be two days. Um, then there's uh, getting to know Jesus, and this is more chapters. So uh, that is more of a chapter based type one. Um, class puts out one that is. I would definitely say this one is is it's a devotional, but it's longer, so probably um, it takes a little bit more time to go through. And the most approachable that I used with my kids um, was uh, this faith is mine. So when my son was going through confirmation, this is the one I gave to him and said, "Here's a really great, great devotional for you to to go through," um, so, and that has reflections for you to think about. Okay, so that. All of those that you pointed out are chapter-based, so it's not like a one-page of a devotion. Uh, the closest one that's about a one-page devotion would be This Faith is Mine. This Faith is Mine. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, thank yeah. you. Um, yeah, that was one of the things where the, I have, we've looked at other books as far as corporately getting together, and the chapter ones are usually, in my my opinion, too long. Like we, a page for us was what worked. Um especially with kids who have a shorter attention spans. But um, if you want to give it as a resource, your kids, let's read the, read a chapter and let's talk about it. That, that would be a, one approach as well. As the kids get older, uh, it is um, one resource that we have used is the five minutes Bible study for teens that was just put out. And again, this has one page. Um, the questions here are a lot better than questions you'll find outside of Lutheranism for questions because oftentimes those questions are not based off of means of grace type answers but more of how do you feel and and uh and those kinds of sure. things outside of the scriptures looking for that support and encouragement rather than the, the text itself um there is also and this is again i've used these for my own personal devotions i've also used them for for um the school devotions um the 365 days with luther um, those are very, very good as well. Yeah. There's if you also, want something for a little bit older. There's also this five-minute Bible devotion for families too. Right. Um, and then uh, the Wells has one called uh, um, five, uh, let's see, isn't there a family devotion? I, I know 
I think, Will, you post that every day on your, or no, you only post the everyday devotions on yeah, your. Yeah, the, the family devotion that they have on, um, on for, for the Wells, it, it only comes out once a week. So I'm kind of, mm. there is though, um, CPH puts it out, or, or I shouldn't say CPH puts it out. It's a division of, um, but it's called Reflections. And it's one that you can print off. It's like a PDF and it, you can print it off and it prints off in like a little foldable booklet and it goes according to the church year. Um, so we're in Pentecost. So it has, um, it has readings and they're just one page just with the, with the, here's where the season we're in. Here's where the kind of the idea of where we're going as we walk through. And it, and I think that follows some of the weekly readings that you would normally have every day. Um, if you were, you know, some, some churches post those in your, in your bulletin, you know, here are the readings for Monday, here are the readings for Tuesday, so on and so forth. Yeah, I'm trying to Google it. I don't find it. Um, I can always, I'll send you a link and we can throw it up on the, so what yeah, I did, what what I did like about that uh, family devotions, even if it was once, I think I thought it was twice a week, but uh, it, it it had age appropriate questions. So if you're trying to do something that is every day, I I get it. It's difficult to have that every day, but it does follow the lectionary and it does have questions that are age appropriate. I know when we had uh, COVID and we were all in our homes, and uh, we used that for a time. So thank you. Um, yeah. <clears throat> I'll get you the link, and then we can post that link for some of the other tools. Um, but yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, let's move on to talking about practical tips and keeping Christ in your family life, though we'll talk about more of the informal, uh, as you were mentioning in The Chosen, it illustrates this, how they would uh, share Bible passages as they're walking along, or as they entered a house, they would you know say a Bible passage or as they wash their hands, they would say a Bible passage. Uh, one of the one of the nice things about uh, something called myfamilytable.org, and I'll put that in the in the in there, was something called um, the Critical Hour, where it was a it was put forth by our discipleship for our district, where they were trying to how do you bring what happens on Sunday morning throughout the week, like how do you how do you talk about this in your homes and. And the critical hour was kind of the idea that the hour that happens on Sunday actually has impact throughout the week. So, for example, here's one example where uh, you would, as a father, as a parent, mom, you reflect what kind of values do I want to instill in my children? And so you, you think about what are the five values I want to instill in my children? Do I want to instill them to be honest or hardworking? And then to then find those attributes that you're looking for, find those attributes in the creed. And then, you know, you talk about uh, how God the Father has created this world and he is continuing to work in that world. He doesn't give up. Um, he doesn't uh, He doesn't put a lackluster effort. Those kinds of things where you would make those, try to make those connections informally with your kids. And you say, hey, by the way, you know, I want you to uh, do a good job when you're out there mowing the lawn remember what you say about 
you know, the Father and the Creator. Those kinds of those kinds of connections, or um, the ones when I taught this for high schoolers, the one that really seemed to they latched onto was Holy Communion in the relationship between husband and wife, of how uh, Jesus as the husband comes to us and confronts us of our sins so that he can forgive us of our sin and how f- husbands should be when there's a difficulty between husband and wife. The husband, he needs to instigate and say, okay, there's a problem here, let's fix it. Or um, if, and, and both of them to learn from Christ and from communion to and acknowledge your sins to each other so that you can be forgiven. So that's a, that's a kind of a neat resource, a little bit of a deeper resource, but it is also helps uh, families who are trying to import what happens on Sunday and the rest of the Sunday it gives you some thought questions to think about as you're doing this on an informal way. So it's not necessarily do this and do that. It's think about how what what goes on on Sunday in the liturgy, even and as well. How does that affect your parenting of your children? And that's an important crossover, which I think sometimes we forget is is we think we put in the time and then we left and then it's over. Um, so making that crossover from what did, what did we learn in the sermon? What did we learn in the liturgy? What have we gone over? What did we receive? Um, I, I think that playing in some of that also is important. Have your kids come up when you receive communion, that they receive a blessing. Um, you know, having that opportunity to see what's going on so it's not hidden from them. What what took place there? Um, a good resource and a book for that, for at least for fathers, is On Being Dad, and that's at 1517 org their shop you can get uh, that book on being dad and that is a great resource for for helping you um, especially as fathers how can you live this like you said but that's more of an investment there's a time investment in in reading that book um, but it is definitely definitely worthwhile also on um, um, if you go to 1517.org and you go to their podcast page they have the family table uh, which is a podcast. Um, and that one is geared towards mothers, um, mothers being able to share with their children uh, and, and kind of um, what do we do and how do we, we do this. So there are some, I, I think there are some, um, I would love to have seen more out of the wells, to be honest, on this. Um, a lot of the materials that I saw and that I have seen over my time come from the LCMS Um and, and I, I think we, we have an area where we could do so much better in our circles. Um, but there are things out there for you to get at least a start and, and to start saying, okay, let's make this concerted effort um, that we're going to grow in Jesus together. And we're going to, we're going to try this um, because it's important. And I think that's a, that's something that's definitely needed. So. I think one of the nice things that, we're doing here is more for for pastors to use with their congregations in, in training families is the solid ground Bible study that uh, Bill Monday put together. Um, yep, that's so the critical at, at, hour. That's the critical hour, yeah. The, yep. Okay. But yeah, that, that's part of it. I, and I, I think, you know, um, wrong, Dave brought it up <laughs> that's great um he that, was right uh, he was right he was right that that really this is something that that i think the church can do better in saying here how can we provide you the gifts to do this at home um in a in in a way to to start fostering that um i think every pastor has that knee-jerk tendency to say well they're not theologically trained 
And what if they say something wrong? Okay. That that happens. Yeah. What if I say something wrong? That happens too. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, that falls under the myths of I don't want to lead something because then I'll say something wrong with my kids. Right. Exactly. And the uh, the encouragement that the Holy Spirit working through the word, as the wrong Dave rightly pointed out, that the Holy Spirit works through the word to create and strengthen faith, whether we are aware of it or not, or whether we can feel its effects sure. or not. But and I think that's what this coming Sunday is all about. You know, I, I am going to say something wrong. And when I do, you know, that should give you confidence that if I can do it, you can do it. Well, that's going to have to be saved for beyond the sermon. Because, <laughs> um, we don't have time to be talking about what we're going to be preaching this Sunday. <laughs> I can do that in the post. You need to sidetrack it. Yeah. <laughs> um, no. What's another area that we can see that uh, another practical tip besides uh, this My Family Table and the 1517 uh, things? What was the book called? Uh, on Being uh, Dead. On Being Dad. On Being Dead. And uh, other practical tips you guys have for keeping Christ in your family life? Um, forgiveness, forgiveness, forgiveness. Um, I uh, the, one of the hardest things I have I have found is in being a father is um, and being a husband is forgiving and not holding a grudge uh, against my children, against my wife, against um, even people who interact with my own kids and my own family. And I still struggle with the idea of forgiving myself when I make a mistake. So I'm still struggling with that. But um, if you want to have, if you want to have a place to start for your family devotion or any devotion or any gathering around the scriptures, um, it starts with hearing your Savior who forgives you. Hearing your Savior who who has bled for you, died for you, um, risen for you, and and continues to to provide for you as He promises, I will always be uh, with you here and to the to the very end of the age. Um, and then to realize that when you are coming to church, which is a beginning. Not the end, but it is the beginning of your family devotion. Then when you come to church, what you what you receive there, you bring home to your table. Um, what you heard there comes with you. And and I think that's where it begins. And it's hard. It's it's really, really hard. Um, because I don't always like the hymns. I even choose them and I don't like them. Um you get upset with the liturgy. You get upset with the length of the sermon. You get upset that it didn't strike you the right way. Um, you can get upset with because someone was wearing perfume and it made it really gave you a headache because you were sitting right behind them. Or, you know, they, you don't think that somebody was dressed appropriately or you think that somebody was dressed too much. You know, they were dressed up too much and you weren't that, that formal. Whatever the case may be, um, there's a lot of things that can cloud it and that's what makes it hard. But what you receive there in church and bring home is the beginning. It's the beginning of what, what you will live with for the rest of that week. That's, that's kind of my thing. So. Dave. I think to piggyback on that forgiveness is actually saying the words, I forgive you. I do. You know, not just it's okay or it's no big deal, but, and this is something my wife has taught me is actually say it. I forgive you. Cause there, there's just, a big difference in 
okay, now I got to let it go. Cause I said it, you know, and yeah. And then when go ahead. for, for me, when something good happens, it's, you know, God loves me as a reminder of, you know, this is an undeserved blessing, you know? And then when something bad happens, it's, well, God loves me because I, he's still going to take care of me. He's still going to watch over me and bless me. And so you, you don't go too high. You don't go too low because God loves me. And, you know, and you kind of keep that attitude of Job. The Lord has given, the Lord has taken away. Praise be the name of the Lord. Yeah. I, I uh, ditto on the forgiving and actually saying the words. I've said that so many times and I'll keep saying it throughout my ministry because it is such a hard thing to say because then you are actually giving up on your self to perceived right to be, to get even. And I know as children, the children, when they are, when you, you have to teach them, say, I forgive you. I, I have seen it a handful of times where the thing that they're, they're doing, they're forgiving actually happens as they speak those words that they'll say, I forgive you. And then visibly you see the kid giving, you know, their anger is, is simmed down. Um, I've seen that with my wife and I too, and saying each other, forgiving each other, that the, uh, the, the defenses come down and okay, this is where, this is uh, something that we can say to each other because of what Jesus has done. Yeah. And I like, yeah. Um, And I do like the reminding each other that Jesus loves you. It's a, that you are loved. Most of the time. Most of the time. (laughs) (laughs) All of the time. I don't know. I have caught myself saying Jesus loves you, but today I don't. <laughs> not the way to go. Not, not the way. To go. I don't recommend that. Too soon. <laughs> well, I know he loves me. I know he loves I'm starting to wonder about Pastor Hartley. I said, I, I said, Jesus loves you, but today I don't. <laughs> We have said that we love each other. We don't necessarily like each other at that particular moment. So, Well, you are just a better dad with your devotions and stuff. (laughs) Um, No, it's a struggle. I think it's a struggle. And, and, and this is, and I think the, the, what we have here around this table or around the video screen here is we have three guys who are at different levels of that struggle itself, you know, um, Myself in in the formalization of having all the family together, um, you know, the wrong Dave with he doesn't have kids to be able to share that with, and that's not that's not anything he had control over. Um, and then the right Dave, you know, he's just sharing love and not the law at all. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I beg to differ on that one. <clears throat> we so, because, his kids about that, yeah. <laughs> Never shares, shares the law. Never puts any expectations up for his kids. Never does that at all. Oh, I do I, like. I, I do like, in a certain sense, with with our children of of revealing, and and you have to be careful because you don't want your children to be the adults in the room because you are the adult. But just to let them in a little bit in your world on on the things that you're struggling with, because then they'll see how you, dependent you are on Christ, and and how important prayer is. Um, I, I just remember um, dark times in our family where you know something happened that was just just shook us to our core, and then here 
we tell the kids this is this is hard for us and then you they saw me pray or that we were we were all together and we're going to pray luther's morning prayer right now or luther's evening prayer right now because this is this is a big thing that just happened and um it's a struggle that we're facing so i think it's good that you see that, that your kids see that because i think like you say they'll get this impression of you like will harley has of me that there's nothing wrong with him because <laughs> everything he's doing everything right is our kids also get that impression of their parents like they didn't they don't know what it's like to struggle with uh, uh a friend who wants to uh com- complete suicide or something or they don't know right. what it's like to to be in uh a, a kid whose parents aren't getting along or kids who are divorced we know all of those things where we've experienced maybe not in the same level as the kids are because the kids are kids and when they're experiencing things for the first time they're really hard uh to experience something for the first time but just the the idea of letting them let them in on your spiritual life not so much so that you that they have to become the parent but that they see that this is this this faith that you talk about or that you take them to on Sunday morning is something you carry through the rest of the the the, the week this is something real this isn't uh, and then on, and then I think piggybacking off that right is is the fact that my parent who is struggling who I think has the right to do anything they want puts themselves under someone else's authority and and not my will but your will be done right and that that this is what the lord has handed to me and as much as i don't like it or i might want to change it it's not for me to change that's a huge thing too for our, our kids to learn you know and and that they understand why we do it because god's will is you know the resurrection of believers to eternal life that we trust his will is better than ours because that's what so many of of the world's arguments are about today is we know how to love better than the church does. We know how to live better than the church does. We know how to, and and they don't. Not even close. No. <laughs> you know, and, and Christ died for you. God made you. God knows better. God wants better than we want for ourselves. God wants better than the world wants for you. That's why we say, not my will, but yours be done. That's why we pray, not my will, but yours be done. That's why we have family devotions. You should have had the music queued up. I know. He was, I was like, oh, this is a good closing. And then. That was beautiful. And then he stopped. Can you repeat that? (laughs) (laughs) We think we got it. We, we, we were paying attention. We think we got it, but just say it all over again because we weren't paying attention anyway. <laughs> just, just kidding. Uh, uh, so this is the beginning of a conversation. Some thought we couldn't get this in one podcast, but we were able to get it in one podcast uh, about family devotion, but not the, it certainly isn't the end of the topic. So if there's something that we did not cover that you would like us to talk about, please feel free to do so in a uh, email, castingnetspod at gmail, or talk to us in person at Brooklyn Lutheran Church or at St. John Lutheran Church in Maribel, Brooklyn Lutheran Church in Minnesota, and St. John Lutheran Church in Maribel, or Emmanuel Lutheran Church in Shirley, as we talk about real life and living faith found in Christ and in his word. <laughs> <laughs>